and welcome to the Creative Christians Chat Show. I'm Brendan Conboy, the dog in the pod. This show is bursting with creative stories, ideas and inspiration with a Christian perspective. So let's get on with the show. And I've got another guest with me today, a man from Hastings in East Sussex. He's the president and founder of Missionary Seed, a non-profit in the Philippines. He's a former professional boxer, was number one in the UK and number 10 in the world. He must be a hard man. And he's an author. Guess what his book is called that he's got out? It's called Knocking Out My Demons. And uh, I can't wait to hear your story. Paul Huggins, welcome onto the show. Well, fantastic, Brendan. Thanks for having me. That's all I can say. It's a wonderful opportunity. Thank you. Yeah, we, we, we've only just recently met, haven't we? We met on Facebook and you, yes. you, responded, you responded to a call out that I put out saying there's not many men out there that want to share their story of brokenness. And you were one of the people that came forward. Well, it, 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 it's one of those things where as a kid, of course, of and, and what I went through in life, and you know, I had a lot of brokenness and, and, a, and a lot of terrible times, but then something spectacular and miraculous happened to me, and I want people to hear my story, to be honest. Great, I want people to hear your story as well. I mean, I haven't heard it all. I don't like to hear people's stories in advance because no. I like it fresh, you know, and I hope the listeners like to, like to hear it fresh as well. So sure. you're a Christian, this is the Creative Christians chat show, and, and you are quite, quite a creative person. But before we get into your story, what does it mean to you to, to be a Christian? Well, uh, um, it's what it means to me is, is that all of a sudden you realise who Jesus is. You know that he came to earth to, to redeem us from the eternity in hell by washing us clean with his precious blood and making us as white as snow by his grace that we do not deserve. And by our faith in him, we come to know the Lord Jesus Christ personally, the risen Christ, and we form a relationship as we go on in sanctification wow. with the Lord. <laughs> You've sold it to me there, brother. <laughs> it's nothing else isn't it? i ask sometimes people what do you think it means to be a christian because they say that yeah. well i'm a christian <laughs> and they say well what, what does that mean to you then they say oh because i'm good i'm a good person <laughs> yeah <laughs> i say oh i'm sorry that doesn't work to be honest because the bible tells us our righteousness is like filthy rags so yeah we better let that one go you know <laughs> Yeah. I'd better explain it to you in proper detail, my friend. You know? we're, we're on the same page there, pleased Thank to say. Yeah. <laughs> so you were a professional boxer. Uh, I was, yes. we'll, we'll chat a little bit about that before we get into the, the brokenness stuff. So when you say you were number one in the UK, what, what yes. does that mean? Number, What weight were you? I was a, a featherweight, which right. is a, where the championships was um, a nine stone limit, but I weighed nine, uh, 10 stone, 10 stone five as my natural weight, but most fighters get down to their weights. Um, 
Um, but that was it when I was a professional fighter. Um, but now I'm 13, so and my wife is always feeding me to get me up there, like you know. <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so um, as a schoolboy, I, I could still I started boxing at a very young age. But um, you know, I, I I was at school um, when I was nine years old over f from Benbrook, just to, to to put you in the picture about the boxing. A friend of mine called David Mepham. He he was going to a place called the West Hill Boys Club, and he said, "Would you like to come along to the boxing club?" And I told my mother that uh, there's a, a boxing club along Whitefriars Road, Mum. Can I go boxing, please? She said, "Well, anything to get you out of this house and make sure you behave yourself." And I did go, and as I got into the gym, into the boxing gym at nine years old, into the junior section. I started skipping around the, uh, the the bag like I I saw watching Muhammad Ali and uh, Cassius, uh, who was formerly called Cassius Clay, um, uh, when he fought uh, Joe Bugner back in 1966. And I dancing around the ring like I uh, along the around the bag, which I was knocking about. And all of a sudden, I looked out the corner of my eye, and and uh, and the trainers were standing there just staring at me and thinking. And then I thought, what are they looking at? You know, and they come up when the bell rang and they said, have you ever boxed before? I said, no, I've never seen and done it in my life. I said, I've just been um, dancing around like, uh, like I saw my, my, my hero, Muhammad Ali, uh, Cassius Clay doing. They said, fantastic, they did. And they put, they, they, they gave me so much attention that I went home loving it, telling me mum and I said, I've found a great place, mum. They all like me. They all they all sound really good at it. I can't wait to go again next week. So that's how it started, really. Wow, they saw the talent in you. They saw your your ability and uh, and they brought that out of you. They they saw your potential. And, and yes. that's what that's that's what good youth workers and good trainers do. So yeah. wow, that was amazing. But um, so, so by the time I got to, 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 let's get to the number one. By the time I got to fourteen years old, I uh, ended up um, boxing in the 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 schoolboy national boxing championships, which was uh, the whole of the country, Wales, Scotland, and all the rest of it. And uh, uh, I, I, the first year I went in there, which was when I was thirteen, I, I ended up losing because I ended up getting a uh, one of the lads come in and, and uh, Pat, Pat's dad and he brought a great big bucket full of Kentucky and I was starving and I started eating all because I, I didn't think my opponent was turning up because he was late so, and, and, and I thought right great I can eat as much as I can now and, and he did turn up so I, I just uh, unfortunately I was full of chicken when I got in the ring and and I, I, got, beat, I got beat that year so the next year the next year, when I was fourteen, and I, I was I got went all the way through all the preliminaries and the southern area and the Nash and the and the areas and, and all the, the 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 I got to the final or the semi final the final quarter final semi final and that and then I got to the final which we held at held at um at the uh, Blackpool Centre like we did every year at Blackpool Pontins Holiday Camp. And I fought a guy called Kelvin Smart, who was the uh, British, um, uh, sorry, Welsh champion, who uh, went on to win a Lonsdale bout as a professional. Wow. And I fought Kelvin Smart. And um, the referee at the end, of the, it was a close fight, but it was a good fight. Um, 
and I beat Kelvin Smart on a majority decision, and I became the national schoolboy's number one champion of Great Ooh. Britain. <laughs> That's um, great. You went on to fight. You went on to fight Barry McGuigan, didn't you? I did, and I turned professional when I was nineteen, after having a few skirmishes with the law and what have you, and uh, I. Um, I went to, even went to Borstal before that, but that's another story. And, and the detention centre as well. I mean, I was in, uh, involved in all sorts of stuff. But anyway, I, I thought, well, I, to get me out of trouble, I told my 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 my, my careers at a teacher at school, Mr. Uh, I think he was named Mr. Uh, anyway, Mr. Max, his name was. He said, what are you going to be when you leave school, Paul? I said, I want to be a professional boxer, sir. He said, don't be so silly, Paul. He said, everybody wants to be a professional sportsman. <laughs> what else would you like to be when you leave school? I said, oh, OK, I'll be a bricklayer. So that's great. And he said, we'll send you to college. You can be bricklayer. So anyway, by the time I come to uh, left school and I've done an apprenticeship, I've got my city in gills and everything, but I've got me a city in gills in plumbing, actually. But anyway, then... I said, uh, let's, I'm going to do what I wanted to do. I've, 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 I've won my last senior fight. I was I boxed the Southern Area champion, Johnny Shepherd, and, and a beautiful, uh, it was a lovely fight, and I won that, and it was fantastic. It was my last amateur fight and um, at the age of 18, and then I decided to turn professional, which I was well good enough. I went up to London and... Um, became a professional fighter after the British Boxing Board of Control gave me my licence. And uh, 15 fights later, undefeated, 15 fights later, undefeated, wow. I fought wow. Barry McGuigan. What <laughs> a wonderful thing. Now, they asked me, they said, do you want to fight Barry? It's for an, a title eliminator over in Ireland. I said, well, to fight Barry in Ireland, you've got to, you've got to knock him out to get a draw. Anyway... <laughs> Because I'd beaten Peter Eubanks, who um, who actually beat Barry McGuigan, I beat Peter Eubanks twice as an amateur, uh, senior and both times senior, and, and give him a, a pretty good um, uh, pasting, to be honest with you. And I, I watched Peter Eubanks box Barry McGuigan in the Corn Exchange in Brighton in 1982, and then I decided, I think I can, we can beat him, Dave. I think we can beat him, so let's take the fight. So I went over to Ireland, and uh, we got uh, at a big press interview and everything else, and Barry was riding on the crest of a wave. And, uh, well, it didn't turn out as good as I'd like to have done. <laughs> mainly, mainly because I, I, was, I was against it. I was up against everything. Uh, and, and 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 that night, after I'd had a couple of Guinnesses with uh, Alex Higgins in the bar and John Virgo, who were playing uh, playing snooker in in Ulster that day, I was in the Europa Hotel in in Belfast, and 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 all of us. And I said, I must get to bed now, boys. It is it's time for me to get out. I've got to fight Barry McGuigan tomorrow, and I need to be up nice and fresh. So I got up to bed. Must have been about half ten, you know, got myself a nice night's kit. And um, next thing you know, about 12 o'clock, there was bang, bang, bang on the door. And, I thought, and then there was Mark West was in, in my corner, man was in there. I said, he said, I said, what's that? I said, I'm trying to get some sleep. And anyway, we opened the door and there was two lovely young ladies. How they got to my door, you can guess. 
um because they knew it was a bit of a ladies man so barney's would probably got on the phone and sent them around me um i thought i said i'm fighting barry mcguigan in the morning i said please no i don't want nothing to do with it go 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 and so they said oh okay then we might see you tomorrow so off they went so that never worked so they waited somebody waited they waited and then about three o'clock in the morning on a cold november the 6th i think it might have been on in 1982 cold november morning there was a bang on the door and we rushed out they, uh, they uh, we opened the door and they said the hotel's gonna blow up the ira have just rung us up and said the hotel's is, is gonna go up in the next hour or so get out as quick as you can so there we were outside on on the, on the car park pavement, freezing cold, nothing but me, me, me underwear, and a pair of boxer shorts on, and a, and a coat wrapped around me in, on a freezing cold November night. After about four hours, we ended up going back in there. And by this time, I was exhausted. I, huh. I, got, I, I didn't have any sleep. I got onto the into the ring that night. And I said, I said, what music do you want to play? I said, well, I, I love the Emerson, Lake and Palmer. Let's play fanfare for the common man. So we got into the ring. It was a fantastic uh, uh, audience. That it was packed to the rafters, Ulster Town Hall. <laughs> I mean, and anyway, we got introduced and, and we shook hands and we we walked back to our corner. And it was a great fight, a great fight for five rounds. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what it was. You couldn't hear anything. It was massive. And my trainer and we was just warming up and we were just getting on. It was a good. I think it was a 12 round fight that one. Anyway, next thing you know, it's everyone screaming. We're in there tangling away, left, right, left, right, slipping the shots, doing some good body punching. And all of a sudden, the referee jumped in. I'm sure the round was ringing for the end of the round. Anyway, he jumped in and he he went like that. His hands in the air. (laughs) His hands in the air, like end of round. I'm, I'm sure he was at end of round. He went like that. All of a sudden, Barney Eastwood, Paddy Burns, they all jumped in the ring, jumping up and down like that. And the referee lost lost his ball. Barry was saying, put your hands up in the air. Give him his due, good sportsman. Put your hands up in the air, Paul. Put your hands up in the air. So we was both walking around the ring like that, you know, with our hands up in there, <laughs> wondering what was going on. And and, and 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 my trainer, he got into the ring, went smack like that, hit the referee with a big wet sponge. I said, to him, what are you doing? What are you doing, referee Bremer? He said, I'm sorry, Paul, I lost my bottle. And that was the end of that. Barry went on to win the world t- British title. That was a British title eliminator. He went wow. on to win the world title. <laughs> he rang me back two weeks later and I said, I'm sorry about that, Paul. Would you like to fight Barry again? I said, Fantastic. We're sorry about it. It was a mistake. It was, it was, it shouldn't have, it wasn't that meant to be like that. It shouldn't have ended like that. And I said, Of course I will. And they said, When I said, When they said Saturday, this was on the Thursday, I was just about finishing off my glass of vodka and um, I was 10 and a half stone and I couldn't get down to the way. I said, no, I can't make it this time, but I'll see you another day. Thanks very much. Put the phone down. And that was the end of that. Off he went. And it never happened. <laughs> and it, didn't, it never happened. But I did beat the man that beat Barry McGuigan. That was my <laughs> let's, let's, let's Let's move on from boxing. Because um, this series is about uh, being creative in brokenness. And you've already mentioned a little bit of brokenness before you got into boxing and even whilst you 
were in boxing, there was sort of levels of brokenness. But you've later on in life, you fell into some really dark stuff, didn't you, in your life? Yes. It's it, uh, well, I just got my do last. I, do, you want me, do you want me to pray before we talk about this stuff? Let's have a little prayer. Yeah. That would yeah. Be yeah. Lord, I want to thank you for for uh, for Paul's story, Lord, and for the the road that you've led him on. Lord, you've kept him safe. You've protected him. You've watched over him through all the stuff that he's been through, through all the dark stuff that he's been through. But you've been there watching over him and you're with him right now, sat there in his front room. Uh, right by the side of him and Lord I just pray now as as he tells this side of his story Lord that you will give him the words to speak that will that will touch other people that are listening Lord pray that in your name Jesus amen to God be the glory yeah amen. um well I don't know where to begin to be honest with you Brendan but we start from uh, we start from what I started doing, I, I, my, my last fight was on Christmas Day, 1987. And I went over to Europe to fight a guy called Jean-Marc Renard. That was it, my last fight. And so I come home and I decided, that's it, I don't want no more to do no more boxing. I wanted to, prob- and I was, you know, I wanted to get involved with other things because people kept offering me Paul, you can let's we can get you could like I thought well what I feel like I could do is to to take over a drug cartel, and I and I felt like I could start to supply Hastings with um, cannabis ecstasy, uh, 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 and that's what I started to do. Um, I went around various. People that I knew around in Hastings, I said, oh, I will supply you with uh, cannabis and, and whatever else, but not heroin. I didn't bother with heroin, but cocaine and so on and so forth. So I ended up getting involved with um, having shipping over the. Uh, I had a ship, a set fella that shipped the stuff over, he brought it over. And 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 we had a, a, a good supply of drugs that that used to that, that we supplied you know a lot of people with, and 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 when I was involved and getting involved in that, it was awful, mm. you know the the, the 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 things that went on the the, the it, it, there was it, we, every there was no there's no between thieves, everybody wants to, to rip each other off. Uh, the, the dealers want to rip you off. Uh, and, and I found myself going around with my, my right arm man. Uh, I, I can't mention his name, but there's it, 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 a lot more in the book about it. And um, we used to have to break doors down, beat people with, with hammers and things. And, and it, it, it was like, it was terrible. And so... I went through a very dark period of, of years doing what I'd done and and it, it wasn't good. And um, I'm afraid that if uh, I can't turn the clocks back, but it wasn't good. I lost a lot of friends in that 
uh, era and I went through many death experiences myself, you know. When you say many death experiences, what does that mean? Well, one of them, for instance, we went to uh, London, a friend of mine, Tracy, who was a man, and um, he, uh, we, we went to a... a um, Nigel Ben was there. It was a Kiss FM 100 uh, uh, night out. And um, it was a, a disco, a big disco, and there was a big merry-go-round in the disco, and we parked the car up. I had a, a, a convertible then, convertible to Estrada. And um, we uh, had a really good night, and I met a lot of fighters. had a chat with Nigel Ben, who was the DJ that night. And on the way home, I asked the police officer and he steered us out that uh, it was time to go. So we started up on, back, back home on the A21. And uh, as just before we got into to, uh, Roberts Bridge, Tracy was asleep, Tracy there. And he, he just, and I, I didn't have a seatbelt on. And this was like in the late 90s. And um, all of a sudden, I fell asleep. And I'm going some speed down towards Robertsbridge, which is a, a, I fell asleep, uh, and and this was miraculous because I have had some uh, extraordinary miracles. And you're driving? Are you driving? I'm, I'm driving. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I must be going seventy miles an hour at least, uh, and uh, I've fallen asleep, and and the, the, this voice all of a sudden sprang up, and it went, "Paul, you're just about to crash." I thought that's. Tracy and I went like that, and sure enough, I was just about it, but it wasn't him speaking to me, he was asleep. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, I, was, I went onto the gravel on the side of the, the windy road, and this voice went, Hold yourself in the wheel. And I, I went and held myself in the wheel, and the car started spinning and crashing, and, and, and the windscreen came flying through, and this, this voice, it went, Let go now. And I let go. <laughs> Uh, and all of a sudden, I'm finding myself as if I don't know what was it was. It was like a slow motion. I was going out, and, and and I just landed on the on the grass verge like somebody putting me down, like that. Yeah. And the wheel a wheel of a car. My car was rolling down the road. My mate was going, oh, oh, like that, and blood pouring out of his mouth. This lorry stopped. I got him, I got this guy into into. Uh, I got him to bring up the, an ambulance for him, and I, I, I went and sat in this this big car up in a car park, which I just managed to find my way because I saw some lights on a, in a farmhouse, and I watched the helicopters coming over and all of this. Anyway, the next day I went to the police station. Tracy was all right; he was rushed to hospital, and this police officer, I don't know how he got out of that, Paul. He said, "But you better come and get your tax disc." He said because it's a complete smashed up write off and. Um, <laughs> get your money back he said what happened there then i said well i fell asleep at the wheel i said and i i think there was some sort of a spirit or something or whatever it was that, that, <laughs> that like lifted me out of the car and told me how to get out of it I, I I went, would... <laughs> are you off your head i went honestly <laughs> I, I said honestly yeah. so that was that was that was one of them anyway a bit younger than that this was another quick one. just stop me there a moment i would say that was your guardian angel well, it must have been something. Yeah. It wasn't. I didn't know. I didn't know God at the time. No, but, but I, I, I believe it was. It might have been an angel. Yeah. It, might, it must have been an angel. Yeah. It I, 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 it was an angel. 
I've experienced it as well. So, um, you Thank know, you. yeah. And anybody that's listened to podcasts before this one would know what I'm talking about because I've talked about angels prior to this one. So, yeah, carry on. What else? <laughs> yeah. So- if you're enjoying this podcast, please download the second part now. Thank you for listening to the Creative Christians Chat Show. It's been great having you here with me today. Don't forget to share this podcast with your friends. I'm Brendan Conboy and you can find me at brendanconboy.co.uk where you can buy me a cup of coffee if you like to support me and my creative work. Follow me also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. For now though... God bless and goodbye.